I won more premierships alone than the other he 19 managers. He has created an absolute Boys, we are here to rant. James, we have to do justice before we just slide right into the top four. I didn't want to get off track. This, this is one of the best title races of all time. Good afternoon, and Patrick. You're in a really heated race to finish in the top four. And you trot out a B team. What do they need? What on earth? I don't have an option. I'm talking world Wow. Welcome. Welcome. To Prem de la Prem. Welcome back to Prem de la Prem. And ladies and gentlemen, we are back with a bang. It's match week one recap. It's August 20th. And what an amazing match week one it was, Patrick. Fans back in the stadium. About... 10 goal of the week contenders, title contenders announcing themselves. Everybody left the first week with a smile on their face, right? Yeah, everyone did, didn't they? Um, mm-hmm. First Just weekend, to, yeah. at least. Uh-huh. Well, yeah. in, a, in an it was a great to, weekend of football, James. Let me put it that way. Where did you rank on the scale of like, well, I'm happy the football's back, and then like, fuck this shit. Where did where where were you? About as about as far to unhappy football as back as as, as you can be. Yeah, fantastic. Okay. Unbothered. Yeah. Great. So you were just with the communal celebration. It was a party atmosphere in the Crowley household. Yeah, I mean, I was I was impressed by the. Um, I mean, it was. It, I am. I my expectations for Arsenal are low enough that I could appreciate the Brentford mm-hmm. crowd in that moment. Let me put it that way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. No. Um, the it game was, was lost before the end, so I could appreciate the end. You know what I mean? It was yeah. It was seen and no scenes. matter talk about no scenes. matter where the action is focused. Like if it's just on a on a highlight or a replay of a player like booting a ball somewhere in the background, you'll see a fan just standing up and giving the two finger salute, the the universal sign of wanker, just in no general direction. And that's how mm-hmm. you know the fans are back. Oh my god, it was electric! It was electric everywhere. Great atmospheres. Um, and it was all three promoted teams were playing at home. I think that mm-hmm. adds to it. That's a little bit of spice. Uh, you know, all you know, Spurs at home against City in a big game. Nuno's first game, the Kane drama. Harry Kane, are you watching? Great, great atmosphere. Oh, the kid, amazing. The, the kid scoring in the Chelsea debut, uh, carrying on that Champions League run. Manchester United putting up a, you know, the rivalry of the five. roses. Oh my Back God! To yeah, it's like best. The people, the, the people, uh, the people were fed this weekend, James. The mm-hmm. people, the everyone people was fed, and we'll get to degenerate district in my yes. in my uh, in my moment of be nice to Patrick. I, I feel like you should really gloat and recap your, all your successes to the fans when we get to the district. Um, yeah, well, I'm trying to thing, I'm trying to you know feed, feed everyone myself. You know, make sure everyone only, gets fed. I got a wide birth, wide family yeah. tree. Mm-hmm. How many prem heads we got these days? Certainly in the hundreds, perhaps thousands. Mm-hmm. Declining as we speak. <laughs> Live listen ticker rapidly falling. <laughs> Patrick, I forgot a, uh, I forgot a Dixon's. Uh, we had a, uh, a segment last week that we totally skipped over. It was like, um, what's Dixon's bugaboo going to be this season? And I forgot yeah. to mention that I think his bugaboo is going to be fans leaving early because it's the first season with fans back. Oh so yeah, just Dixon. Like why watching, why oh, don't they appreciate it? That's you're great. Getting a, you're getting a jump on the traffic. Are you mad? <laughs> oh, he didn't seem to care too much when the Arsenal supporters were leaving. He didn't have a, <laughs> maybe, maybe later in the season he'll understand it, or maybe as yeah, long as you can the, cut to Ian Wright, who who I think contractually can't leave his seat, you'll be just fine. Yeah, I mean he's he's putting himself through the ringer, so he is truly the greatest club ambassador. But mm-hmm. He is the best. He really yeah, is. Yeah, more on Arsenal later, I'm sure. <laughs> Arsenal, coming up after the break. <laughs> uh, but first, Patrick, you have a leading segment. We're going to keep it pretty chill, pretty easy to follow. We'll obviously have Freak of the Week, Goal of the Week in the district to wrap us up. But our today's menu is going to be decided around something you're calling red herring or red alert. You want to tell the people about this one? Yeah, so a red herring, as you know, is a bird, and birds um, sometimes lie. Scandinavian variety. And so we're going to do a little bit of a, a gut check, right? We all love to overreact first first match week of the season. Arsenal's getting ready, relegated. Manchester United is winning the league. Just, you know, saying mm-hmm. goofy things that things we all know will never saying. happen. Yeah, just things that are coming out of mouths, you know. Uh, and so what we're here to do is set the record straight. We're going to let you know with what happened 
is a red herring and you don't need to pay attention to it. It's just match week one nonsense or red alert. It's time to focus up people, put your glasses on, tighten the screws on the side so they sit on your head nice mm-hmm. and good and, and listen up with your yeah. eyes closed, but like focus if you need to open them. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. Match week one is the best for what us football crazy fans like to consider ourselves as data analysts, where if you picture a graph, you've got one data point, you've got one piece of data. And from that, we can weave a whole tapestry of notions mm-hmm. and ideas. It's really something right. to behold. Mm-hmm. Patrick, as we dive in, I'm going to make a challenge to you in Red Herring Red Alert. At no point can you say column A, column B. Oh, boy. <laughs> Okay. All right. Fair enough. Uh, you can articulate it differently, but <laughs> that'll be a chonky and I'll, I'll, I'll sound the alarm. Yeah. Last thing we want here. Okay. All right. Well, let's dive right in, Patrick. Let's give them their flowers. My first red herring or red alert to you is the referees having a unanimously successful match week one, barring maybe the penalty they gave West Ham against Newcastle, which was a little iffy. Otherwise, the way they kind of fine-tuned things over the summer with the offsides, not looking too deeply into it, uh, letting the play go for for little little niggly fouls that can be let on. I thought it was a really well-refereed match week. And I'm not sure if you felt the same way, and I'm not sure if you feel that's going to continue. I I agree. I agree. I do think it is hilarious that the first – the first team to suffer from this new, in my opinion, correct way to officiate these games is Arsenal, and the first team to benefit <laughs> is Manchester United. I'm just going on the record and saying that that is, oh, is objectively, that right? is objectively that hilarious, right? objectively hilarious, and probably coordinated. But what did you suffer hilarious. from? Was there a foul? The, um, the no, it wasn't a foul. But you know, like um, Saka, like basically was winding up to take a kick and kicked the guy behind him. You know, in the box okay. goes okay. down. That's given a ton of that, that's given last year, like nine times out of ten. You know, oh, it's yeah. contact that was, in the that box. was a buzzword of the weekend. Uh, that was given last year. Yeah, no, you can, you can pick out anything, like literally anything, and you can point to one example in the shit show that was last year that something was given. Yeah, and so I am, I am, I'm saying red alert, guys. We're here for mm. a change, and this is this is what I'm trying to do here. We can't be sure. That's what the segment is all about. This is hip check, gut check, shooting from the hip, something like that. One of those sayings. And I'm trying to manifest, you know, some greatness here. I'm trying to manifest the game being officiated the right way. This this week was fast. It had good back and forth. It had the physicality that you like out of a Premier League game. You didn't have stoppages in play. It's going to take players a while to adjust, but eventually they're going to start staying on their feet. They're going to start fighting through challenges. And we're going to get back a little bit of the game that, that we've lost over the last years. So I'm saying red alert. The FA is not all bad, just mostly bad. No. And they got this one right. Michael Oliver's eyeing up player of the season. He wants to be up there in the nominees. I'm feeling red alert Who's too, to Patrick. I think we got a new dawn. The FA's seeing fans in the stadium, and they're like, enough of this malarkey. Get rid, oh, of, that Rubik's, get rid of that Rubik's Cube in uh, Stockley Park. Oh yeah, that's just gonna be that's just on Mike Dean's nightstand right now, and he cries every night when he can't use it. But we got a good we had, we had it was just fun. It just felt free flowing. I know it was match week one, and the fans are there's a lot of things here. I'm not gonna put it all down to the refs, but the refs let the game happen, and that's what in the end we want to see. I would rather mm-hmm. have, you know, maybe one or two, you know, questionable no calls allow for something to happen in the run of play than for the run of play to be stopped 15, 20 times in a game. So oh, yeah. I think so that we got the, the the better one here. Mm-hmm. I, I really hope it changes players' styles as well if they stop getting calls. Fingers crossed, Patrick. But let's get into the games themselves. The marquee matchup of the week, it has to be the Are You Watching Harry Kane game. Here's my red hair and red alert statement. Do you see, it's a bit of a loaded one, this trend continuing. Spurs playing well and without Harry Kane in the lineup. No. It's a red herring. It's a red herring. And and this this is in no way to take away what Spurs did. Spurs were excellent on Sunday. 
from vicious counterattacking team. That's like Nuno's Wolves, but like, yes. but like 2.0. They were excellent. Um, but first of all, I'm never going to give Spur. I'm not going to call them anything. Yeah, I, I still think I was, that they're. I was about to call you out there. Yeah, I, I, I still don't think. They had a lot going for them, right? They're playing the team that came. There's a lot of emotional there. It's the fans are back in the stadium. It's at home. Nuno's first game. You know he's got a well-drilled side. He's had success against his team before. We got 38 games to play. You know, that's going to wear off a bit. How does this team respond to adversity? How did that Wolves team last year respond to adversity? Not well, you know? Mm -hmm. And so I think that there's, this is, they've got more to prove. Very impressive showing. Very, very impressive showing from, from, uh, from this team. But, I need I need to see, mm-hmm. you know. I think more more on the tape, and then less maybe less on the line. Let's see how yeah. let's see how they get on when they go down a goal away from home. Let's see how I they was get hearing, on. Uh, I was hearing some some pundits say their new signing, their center back signing, Christian Romero, might have to earn his place with Davinson Sanchez and Eric Dyer partnering that well. And I'm like, well, fellas, let's bring yeah. this back to the one data point. Point that I had earlier. Uh, Marcos Rojo and Phil Jones were a center back parent for a little while at United. You gotta, you gotta let things run their due course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, no, it's a, it's in, in, and they. I still think Kane's gone. I think it's ugly, and I think, yeah, I still think Kane's gone, uh, and I think that the Spurs are doing well in the window. You have to give them credit. I think they're having a good window, and I think they're loading up. In a few different pro- they're, they're spending the Harry Kane money. I cannot see it another way. Mm-hmm. Uh, ask, for me, it's for me, it's a coin. It's a, it's a coin toss. I, I still lean towards Harry Kane staying because I do think Daniel Levy is that guy who said not for under what was it one fifty one sixty and not domestically. Like he did this with Luka Modric. He did this with Gareth Bale. Let you know. I mm. I don't think he's the kind of guy to budge or play those kind of games. But with City ratcheting up the desperation, I think this was the best result for a neutral. Because you're going to have what would point to a more open title race, albeit just match week one, working out the kinks. But City, like, yeah, if there's any sense of panic buy with them, it's like, we need to get this Kane deal over the line. Right, right. And all their, all their challengers were very impressive week one as well. So it's kind of a perfect storm for... I mean, we're going to have a crazy end of the window. There's more, there's more teams to talk about in this window. Uh, City will be active in this window. I think ingoing and outgoing. I expect mm-hmm. Bernardo Silva um, to be gone. Yeah. Spare a thought for Gabriel Jesus. <laughs> Who? <laughs> that meme that's like, when City say they need a striker, but you're a man City striker. He's just like, what? <laughs> you can be a gross so much disrespect. While he's um, here. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, he's got a lot to play for if he ever gets on the field. And Patrick, spare thought for Jack Grealish, who went from England's darling. Don't you just love building people up and breaking them down? He was England's darling. People couldn't get enough of him at the Euros. And now just because he wants to play Champions League football and win trophies, he is, he's, he's the villain now. It's so good. Yeah, yeah. I was, I was going to say there's a, lot of, uh, there's a lot of hate on it. I think a pretty obvious red herring, red alert for for Man City and, and, and Grealish is is, is this going to work out? I can't believe we're even having to address it. But James, I'll let you take this one. Uh, it's red herring. Absolutely. You put a you put a class player in a in a class team with a class manager. Uh, chances it's are it's gonna work out. The yeah. one thing I think is interesting is um, he's very he's very ball dominant. He 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 spends a lot of time with the ball at his feet, kind of. Kind of dancing. I don't think he's as quick as maybe, um, you know, pass the ball, the so, ball. Yeah. So I think it's mm-hmm. going to be an interesting adjustment. But he's 100% got the character and the skill set to fit right into that city side. And and you know, yeah. I, I just I'll always I'll always have a uh, a soft spot in, in in my heart for players who every time they get the ball, they're they're looking to attack people off the dribble. It it's just yeah, yeah. You know, he's just nonstop. He's nonstop. It's direct. Yeah. Anything else to say on this marquee matchup, Spurs City? Doesn't necessarily need to be a red hair and red alert. Um, I will say Pep was almost my freak of the week uh, for that little factoid of since he called Spurs the Harry Kane team, he's lost three out of four times. Or I can't remember if it was lost. Yeah, three out of four times, and none of those occasions Harry Kane was in the team. 
Mm. You it's hate so to see interesting. It. You hate to see it. So interesting. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's the thing. The thing that I'm thinking is like, I think City especially. I think Chelsea will be in this bucket soon. Uh, there, there's going to be this kind of divide of uh, these clubs that just purchase at such an insane rate, and these clubs that that don't. And there's like a, you know, I I was. I was like relatively torn in this game at times of, you know, when Spurs got their goal, I was like, yeah, you know, get, get you some city. You know, I'm like, wait, what am I doing? What, what, mm-hmm. what what's going on here? That's not mm-hmm. how, so I, I think that my, like the, the, the neutral or the person who is not, you know, necessarily inclined to dislike a, a, a man city, uh, that's, that's just going to grow and grow the more that they spend and the spending gaps between these teams are, you know, further and further divided. Uh, and so I does, it, it kind of feels like a, like a us versus them is kind of for they kind of feel like the Yankees, right? And then I, I wonder where where Chelsea fits in that equation. But baseball is a good analogy because they don't have a salary cap in that sport either. So it's just it's an interesting interesting dynamic of um, I, I mean people just love people are going to love to watch City lose. I mean they, most of them probably already do, but it's 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 growing with each player they buy. It's just right. it's just interesting. The chips are just so stacked. Right, I think people more and more recognize like how different they can go after players in the market, and the average person is going to appreciate the success of a, you know, a Leicester City or even the way Liverpool has built their team uh, over, right. over the years versus the way that City is is building their team. And you know, I say I say I say Chelsea, but they've got a much larger influence from their academy and players who have been there through some ups and downs. But like City, mm-hmm. for all of it, has been at the top of the totem pole for for. You know, close to a decade. You know, with only a few slip ups. I mean, 2012. Oh, yeah. There's a couple seasons there, but really, the last five years, they've they've have they won four out of five. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. It yeah. was. Uh, yeah, it certainly was. No, it's been a dominant run. Um, I I don't I don't think they have that hateability that you still keep towards your original rivals. Like in my case, the the Liverpool. Chelsea, Arsenal's of the world. It it just hits a little different, um, right? But, I, but I'm not yeah, talking about games are, like you're going to see that, but like the neutral game, right? You know what I mean, I, sure. I was just surprised that was more like middle of the road when they're playing. Spurs. And it's just refreshing to see won. that you can take this dysfunctional Spurs team, give them a home crowd that's riled up, put them against the best team in England, and they'll they'll still have a go and win the game. It's nice. It's oh yeah, reassuring. Although they're they're and they're a veteran squad, and I. I I think that Spurs is always, even going back to the Pochettino days, Spurs has been a squad that holds himself accountable for the most part. You know, like when they're, when Spurs set out to win a game and they set out with a strategy that kind of suits them, they, they're, they're a very difficult team to beat. Uh, they just, they just get out of pocket too much. They've won a hundred percent of the games when players care. Fair to say. I'd I'd probably believe that the cowards (laughs) didn't even want to win. That's a red alert fact. Yeah, I think I think those cowards didn't even care for the Champions League when they Spurs first won the oh, yeah. trophy. In. Yeah, right, no, right. Don't care. That was a that was a get Poch out of the team moment for them. Yep. Yeah, it's all leading to this. A hundred percent. Okay, let's move on <laughs> before it gets too out of pocket. Uh, let's talk United, Patrick. Everyone's favorite subject, not just mine. But here's my specific honed in statement for you. Is this a red herring or a red alert? Pogba clicking for Man United in an unorthodox role this season. Why don't I let you start off? It's a it's a red alert in the sense that he he has the class and the profile to do whatever he wants whenever he wants. Mm-hmm. That's why it's a red alert that if he's I I firmly believe that he is a type of player who if there is something to play for he's he's 100 percent switched on if he's if he's distracted in any sort of sense I, I still don't really even view him as a as a liability but he's just not an impact uh, and I think I think United are, like you have to acknowledge United as a title contender at this stage right and I think that that is you know for all of it they've put some really fun players around him. If he's clicking and he's feeding mm-hmm. people the way that he is, and people are running and he's having a good time, I mean, you see the kind of joy that, and freedom that he plays with for the French national team. Uh, 
if he finds that at United is a very scary proposition for the rest yeah. of the league. Yeah. Patrick, I think I have to agree with you. I'm not it's not a column A, column B, but I'm saying it's a red alert with a caveat. And my caveat is this we're not playing Leeds United who man mark up and down the field for better or for worse. God damn it, they Thank try you, when, they, when they come when God, they, pull, when they come guy. to Old Trafford. So, so my caveat is I don't think Pogba playing out technically left midfield, but also if you watch the game and, and kind of read the reports, it was free it was free roll. It was get on the ball in any area and be dangerous. That's not gonna that's not gonna jive for A, top six battles, and B, maybe well, maybe more so with um regimented teams, but I don't think that's gonna be Pogba left midfield in like a, a crucial battle. Like I don't think Ollie really has the stones for that. But I'm saying red alert, Patrick, because I think the misnomer is what Pogba gets slated for, which I do think has a sliver of truth in it, is why can he produce for France but not produce on a regular basis for United? And the fact is he hasn't produced for United on a regular basis. But I think for better or worse, what I'm seeing from Pogba is, and this might not be what you want in a game changer, but I think this is who he is. He plays at his best when he's surrounded by amazing talent. And I think if you think about these United teams up until pretty much this point, it's not been a team full of talent. Not the way France has. But now you look at, Sorry, sorry, Nigel. I think when you're playing with Bruno, I think when you're playing with Sancho, you've got Champions League Varane, his countrymen back there. You're going to start to see a way more impressive Paul Pogba when he can play on the field with those with those teammates as opposed to stick him out there and say you have to do it all on, on your own. I think he kind of, like, again, for better or worse, I do think he shrinks when it's like a weight on his shoulders kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree with that. I'd agree with that. And they've, they've, they've put the pieces around him to, you know, presumably maximize him. But yeah, he's going to need... The thing is, he has the, the skill set to play in a, in a physical game against another big side. He has the, the skill set to pick apart a low block. He has the skill set to run in a man-marking system. And he is, you know, he can play inside, outside, you know, by and large, box to box. So it's, it's, he is moldable to the game mm-hmm. style. Which very few players are, at least at his efficacy. So if he can, if if I, I completely agree with you, if he's able to, if he's able to just be okay, like I, I just think it's a mental thing. I really do, mm-hmm. and I think he just doesn't. Yeah, he. he it, I think it just frees him, and I think yeah. it frees him as a as a footballer. I think it frees him mentally. I think he's getting more creative. I think he's more. Uh, yeah, maybe the pressure does get to him. I don't know, uh, but he's, he's definitely performed on some high, some big stages. So mm-hmm. I feel like that's probably not doing him the most service. But what I'm, yeah, what when I'm he's on, it's, it's, it's scary. It, it it really is, and it's a delight to see for fans. Um, but oh, he's got what I'm curious to well. see is assuming all players fit. You know, if Cavani comes back into the team when Rashford comes back from surgery, what all. Where would Pogba figure? And I know it depends on the opponent, but is he going to keep going out in that pseudo left midfield role? Is he going to go back to being the second deep line person in the pivot, which hasn't really worked out? Um, it's a good problem to have, but I'm curious to see what what he'll start to do when more players come back to availability. Mm-hmm. Yeah, spare uh, spare thought for Leeds, Patrick. You worried about them, or is this Bielsa just going balls to the wall? No, it's amazing. <laughs> Dude lost 6-1 last year, 6-2 last year, doing the same thing. And he's like, you know what? Change nothing. Yeah, it's these amazing. are the throwaway. When you look at the schedule and you, you tot up how many points you think you'll get, he, this is a free hit for him. He's playing, with, he's playing with house money when he goes to Old Trafford. He might honestly look at this and say, this is going to be a good test for our fitness and our ability with creative people like trying to beat us. Like, let's, let's, let's learn from this. Yeah, And then, like, he... he like let's. I think the thing with him is like if he plays his system and they play it consistently, consistently, if that other team is not matching that, Leeds has a massive advantage in the first sixty minutes of a game. We see him fall off after that a lot. Mm-hmm. I think. I think that they run out of gas, and especially if another team decides to you know actually take it to them, I think they can fall off. But those teams that like to sit back or those teams that are a little less confident on the ball. Leads are going to terrorize. And so, yeah, rock a low block against Man United, and they could probably, they're probably competitive enough to get get a result out of the game. Uh, sure. But 
why do it? But it's like why yeah, why sacrifice the way we play? And there's plenty of right. reasons why. But um, not in Bielsa's book. If anything, he's going to look at the tape and be like, I'm not running them hard enough. <laughs> <laughs> we should have been able to sniff out those balls. Yeah. <laughs> oh, geez. Uh, okay. Moving right along, Patrick. Looking at Norwich Liverpool. I got one for you here. Do we think all forwards fit for Liverpool, which they were on Saturday? Does Jota continue to start over Firmino in that more central role alongside Mane and Salah? Um, I think it's a red herring. I don't think so. I think that um, old Bobby Big Teeth will get his spot back. Uh, I think that what, what Klopp is doing is actually brilliant. I think that uh, this is probably a guy. I mean, he's got so much flair, right? Firmino, Firmino does, and when he's mm-hmm. clicking, flair, he is, yes, he is a catalyst um, for the rest of those players. And if uh, in, in those in those you know that ninety nine point season, the title winning season, um, you'd be a fool to say he wasn't effective. And so I think that what Klopp's doing is a bit of man management, taking the pressure off him, let him get a little bit of. Uh, momentum under him let him find his form again goal off and, the bench yeah of course and i think that what 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 you're what you're going to have is um a bit more of a rotation um certainly between i i i still think mane is is is, is undroppable for me but i kind of i kind of feel like everybody but sala will rotate at some point uh, and sometimes we'll even play all four. We saw Klopp do that last year, but yeah, I definitely did. I do not think Firmino is out of the picture as a starter. I think if if Liverpool want to achieve what they they set out to achieve this year, uh, he needs a ten to fifteen goal season and probably a you know seven seven to twelve assist season. You know, he needs to be a, a, that catalyst that he mm-hmm. was for those great players around him uh, mm-hmm. to kind of fall into that midfield, support that midfield. You know, that's, that's, that, that's Liverpool's weakness. And, and he always dropped in, create the space to run. Uh, Jada can do that. Uh, but I don't think Jada's got, you know, maybe he's got a decent enough skill set. I don't know, but I still, I still think Firmino's making his way around that, that first 11. Yeah. A bit of coaxing him back to full form. It's a red hair herring for me too. Although I wouldn't be surprised if he goes back and for the neutral, this will be amazing to tinkering with that four forward lineup. Which is kind of like a fuck it, throw them up on FIFA, four two four. Yeah, when you get when you get all four of those guys rocking up. Who who would your midfield be, Fabinho and and who? Probably Fabinho Henderson, engine room. Yeah, yeah, and then maybe yeah maybe Jota and and Firmino kind of rotate the nine of the ten. Mm-hmm. You're just yeah. you're just playing two. There's it's not it's not three phases, just two phases: defense and attack. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. And yeah. you said, yeah, and, and really, because it was there were it was there was a point in that game where um, did um, did Canote start? He started. No, it was Matip. He that did. Started. Matip played. Uh, um, oh yeah, you're right. I'm sorry. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, and, yeah. There was a point where Milner was basically slotted in between them. Uh, I saw Ketcha and Alex Oxlade Chamberlain both got the start in midfield. It's neither of them, if you're asking me. No, to, to to be in there. So interesting no, to see what happens in the midfield. Yeah, but I think yeah, Jada will get his. Jada got a goal as well, I believe. Mm-hmm. He did. They both did. Yeah. So it'll be an interesting little battle there. And then shout out Van Dyke. Hate to see him back for Liverpool. Love to see him back on a footballing level. Oh yeah, he's so good. Jordan so Pickford good. keeping his eyes peeled. <laughs> oh, that first murder. They say it wasn't intentional. Oh please. Please, man he was, was just playing the long game. He was, he was looking at that knockout branch in the Euros, and he's like, "You know what this Netherlands team could do without?" Yeah, <laughs> uh, wouldn't put a pass All right. him. All right, Patrick. Here's one for you. Shifting over to London, Chelsea rolling over Crystal Palace in a pretty standard fashion. Pulisic getting in amongst the goals. It's going to be a big season for Pulisic. I feel. I if he doesn't come good, it, it might be. Transfer rumors for him this summer, just with all the quality that's in the front end of that pitch. Uh, do you see Red Herring Red Alert Pulisic contributing regularly for Chelsea this season? Red Alert, I do. I do. I think mm. that there's. I don't think that they're. I mean, I just it just kills me that they play three at the back. Uh, 
especially right. you know against Palace at home. But anyway, aside from that, you know that that's what that's what the the challenging bit is because in their um, in their setup, you have to imagine Mason Mount pretty much a nailed on starter, Lukaku pretty much a nailed on starter, and then unless you're taking you know your your wing backs and using more attacking based players for that, that leaves one spot between Pulisic, Zayech, Havers, <laughs> you know, and Werner. Depending on how you want to use Werner, you could use him on the wings as well. So yeah. that then becomes like what, what was that? That's Havertz, Pulisic. It's a four four people fight for one spot. So it's going to be interesting over the over the 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 course of the season how that plays itself out. But I do think that you're going to see more rotation. I think you're going to see more four at the back. So I think you're going to slot in an extra attacker there, and they're going to go to people who are producing. And for all of it. You know, I think Pulisic, he, he produces when he's on the field. I think his biggest shortcoming in his time in the Premier League has been his ability to stay fit. And in your in, in when you're in a team as competitive as this, you know, you're co- losing your fitness doesn't just cost you that time that you're gone. It costs you your place in your squad. And you've got to work to earn that back. Mm-hmm. And so I think he's and he's, he's, he's taken comes with it. A hundred percent. And so I think that, you know, given a good run of form, uh Pulisic will produce just I mean, I'm I'm not a big believer in, in Zayach at this point. Uh, I, I rate both Werner and Havertz, and I, I, I think that they should, you know, I think that they should rotate heavily, and I think they will, uh, and I think they're just going to keep feeding the hot hands. So I think if Pulisic is fit, he's going to be productive. I think that's who he is. If, uh, it, if he gets out of fitness, then he's going to have a tough, tough time getting back into the side, especially mm-hmm. if they keep three at the back. But I think it's a red alert. I think he's the real deal. Patrick, it's a red herring for me. Not mm-hmm. to put down, not to put down our American audience, which I think is pretty much all of our audience. Um, we well, are earning some, earning some, some points overseas. Sure, I am. Sure, no, they love Captain America over there. Yeah. Uh, I, if it's if it's not broke, don't fix it. Um, Tuchel's system is the five at the back, and I remember Carl mentioning this. But like, what happens to Christensen and Rudiger when they're suddenly a center back pairing and not three at the back? And you sure. know, obviously, Alonso. Chilwell, Reese James, they all operate better in a five at the back system. I think you saw that with Reese James in the Euros when we did when they did four at the back. It just didn't really compute as well. Yeah, and that Alonso leaves, was great. Assuming two in the engine room, that leaves if you're not counting Lukaku. And sure, I don't even think Mount's a nailed on starter, but I think Werner is a Tuchel guy. I think Havertz is a Tuchel guy. I think Mount's a Tuchel guy. Ziyech and Pulisic are the two outsiders for me. Yeah. That have got I would to agree work, with that. work I mean, their way back in and prove their worth, and I don't know if Pulisic has that in him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, fair enough. I think I think Mount's ahead of uh, Mount's ahead of the lot, and I think yeah. that the rest is there for the taking. Yeah. All right. Well, good problem for them to have. Yeah. What a star-studded team, Lukaku. What an embarrassment of riches. Big game this weekend. Big game, Rom. Yeah. You just see Ben White doing intense oh squats, God. just trying to put on 50 pounds like a boxer in a week. Yeah, he's going to get hip-checked down Ragged the tunnel at the Emirates. This is where you need David Luiz, because he might not be strong enough for Lukaku, but he's got the dark arts. Like He'll be, he'll be just wet-willing in his ear on corners. I think I, if... Yeah, we had, yeah, I don't know when we're, we're talking about it, but if Arteta's got some stones in him, he starts holding... Holding is holding's got the characteristics to manage Lukaku better than anyone else on that side. I'll start holding and oh, Gabriel. I would love to see that, Patrick. Remember holding holding absolutely, absolutely toyed with uh, Diego Costa in an FA Cup final. This is his first start of the season. The mm. Dude's built for it. Well, I hope for your sake, Patrick. It's going to be Ben White, though. It comes true. <laughs> Show me Just Ben White. Put- Okay, Patrick, moving over to Merseyside, and I think this is a good one to get your take on, given the way we unanimously trashed Rafa last week. Yeah, It's match week one, but he got a pretty good ovation at Goodison. Definitely more supporters than dissenters. Granted, it's early days. We haven't worn down those folks over in Liverpool, but do you think it's a red herring or a red alert that Rafa Benitez is getting the fans on side at Goodison Park. It's a red herring for the simple reason, like what's the alert that they're going to challenge for the Europa League? 
It's nothing. It's nothing. This team is garbage. And this team is garbage. This coach is garbage. James, this is Mason Mount 2.0. I'm dying on this hill if I have to. <laughs> There's no chance I'm getting off it. This Patrick, is... you're not dying on this hill. Your spirit has awoken from the other hill that you died on and come to graze <laughs> on this new hill. Yeah, just putzing about and found a new one. Uh-huh. Yeah, putzing. Fair enough. Straight up putzing. I've already, I've, I've already died on a hill. Um, oh, we can go back to the record there. I think it's yeah. I think it's more balanced at this point. Um, anyway, no, man, Southampton is trash. They're mm-hmm. losing they to do them half pretty trash, don't they? At home. And... You know the Dakure goal, little little bit of a donkey donkey show for me. Um, not sure if that's in a goal a week contender, as as I think I've seen it been putzed around. But they got a they got a they got a break. They they took it to a fading Southampton, and then they buried him with a third goal. They were they were pathetic in that game for for the bulk of it. Finished strong at home in the first game of the season. Red herring. Who cares? They're finishing mid table, mm-hmm. if not worse. <sighs> Red Heron for me too, Patrick. I think this was a more Southampton is shit versus Everton is impressive. Granted, Everton even had a pretty bad first half. That Michael Keane error should have had the Benny Hill theme song in the background. The amount of times he tried to poke that ball out of Armstrong's way. Credit to Adam Armstrong for the finish. We'll see how he continues to play in the Premier League. But I'm looking at the Southampton back line. Salisu and Jack Stevens do not strike fear into my heart the way uh, Vestigard did. And I, I might have been with Bednarek as a partner. But, yeah, I'm looking at Southampton as a snack. Everton, we'll see if Townsend and Damari Gray can continue to deliver. Otherwise, it's a huge uh, weight on Richarlison, Calvert-Lewin, and Rodriguez, who can be streaky. Let's put it that way. Yeah, and as publicly said, he has no idea what he's doing in Merseyside now. <laughs> now that uh, Ancelotti left. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah, he's sending up smoke signals to Real Madrid. Oh, it's it's amazing. It's amazing. And, uh, yeah. Gilfie Sigurdsson not in the team. Well, yeah. It took me a while to register that one, but yeah. Get yeah. a guess. No, not, well, he was, not he was, on the bench. Well, he was suspended. Oh, formally. But I thought he was unnamed. Well, he was like like Everton suspended him. Or like let oh, him they home, named like, him? Like paid leave. Mm, okay. All right. Well, that puts they didn't that name, one They didn't name him, but they said like the player has been sent. Home. I mean, it's well. I guess we're connecting the dots. All hey, it's look, an unnamed just player. All I'm saying Nigel. is Sigurdsson's not on the bench. Yeah, I'm. Yeah, I'm not here to make any. I know what any you're claims. saying. We have other guests on the podcast. Will happily tell us why he wasn't <laughs> on the bench. We can move right past it. Sure, sure. I. It's funny because I say I'm not gonna. I say I'm not gonna connect any dots. I'm pretty sure you can pull a soundbite for me on the round table. Just saying, Gilfie Sigurdsson's a pedophile. Well, there it is. If it wasn't already on the round table, there it is. <laughs> you heard it here, fourth, fifth, or sixth. Uh, okay. <laughs> uh, okay, Patrick, we get to the meat here. Why don't we start with the feel-good story, and then we'll get to the not-so-feel-good story. Our Brentford this year's Leeds United, quote-unquote. Yeah, I think it's a red alert for me, James. Um, they were a team that I think has been... You know, there's always one team that gets promoted that everybody kind of decides before I know really who they are uh, is going to be the team that is, you know, the Wolves or the Sheffield United or the Leeds United, right? They're, they're generally speaking, in the past few years, even going back to Leicester, there have been teams that have come in, gotten promoted, and made a name for themselves very, very quickly in this league. And so Brentford is that team. Didn't know much about them, uh, but they play at an impressive pace. They are. They have the 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 press and the fitness and all of those other things uh, physically that it takes to kind of compete at the Premier League level. Uh, and they didn't really let up. We can speak about their counterparts, surely. But you look at a, a Norwich Norwich City, for example, right? They faded pretty hard against Liverpool. I thought once they once that game mm-hmm. got out of sight, uh, they're a known Brentford, quantity, right? Uh, I don't know, man. They they. They looked every bit of Premier League side to me. I, I would not be shocked at all to see them finish in the middle of the table. What an electric showing. That was like the perfect symphony and uh, in a combination way, yes. of fans and electric performance. Like players just just um, motivated at that level. And, and 
They have some good players. Like, I don't think it was just playing the moment. Like, I actually do think they have some quality players in there. No, I agree. I will say, I was thrown off when Thomas Frank gave his his post-match interview. And it just goes to show how little background research I did on him, at least in the video department. Because I was expecting a Sean Dyche-esque deep, yeah, the last play world out there today. And then you just get like a Danish accent. And it put my brain in a blender. Yeah. Yeah, didn't uh, didn't stick around for the for the interviews on this one, James. Oh, you didn't, it or not? Okay. No, um, I actually rarely do. Game's over when it's over for me. I got my own opinions. I don't need to listen to the pundits. You don't know what half the coaches sound like. That might be true. That's incredible. that might that might be true. We should go. Th- we can. We can. We, we don't need to do this on this podcast. Let's be more. I'll. I'll come back with a report. I'll let you know. Sounds. Sounds like a bonus segment, like the kind of thing yeah. you don't put in the main film, but it's in the special features. Right. Right. Yeah. On our OnlyFans. Deleted scenes. Yeah. Featuring feet. <laughs> All yeah, right. There, well, there, let's, flip let's flip the script. Let's flip the seventy-four. Patrick. Was it seventy-four years? Real quickly, seventy-four years since they had. They've been in the Premier League. Um, yeah, flipping the script. Mm-hmm. Impossible environment. Uh, mm-hmm. but there was one guy, I guess, that was there when they were there the last time, 88-year-old man, so it was the best day of his life. Oh. And they'd like, they're like saying that report at halftime. I'm like, well, come on, man. Like, that's... Y- yeah, you right. Tell, you, not at halftime. Don't be telling me that. If Brentford beat Arsenal, they're donating a million dollars to charity. <laughs> it's like, for fuck's sake. <laughs> You're just the bad guy in the movie everyone else is watching. Yeah, pretty much. Pretty much. Uh. You, you have to think Arteta told them what to expect going into the game. You have to think. You, you would, wouldn't you? Mm-hmm. Well, I'll just, I'll, I'll let this be your segue to Arsenal, Patrick. Red Herring, Red Alert, Arsenal lineups without both Lacazette and Obama Young this year. Uh, Red Herring, just because who's going to pay their wages? Aubameyang specifically. Are you talking about like the transfer window? I'm not sure. What no, the I'm talking is. about being in the team. Oh, um, I think they want to move him. I don't think they will. And I think that if you got, you know, I think we we just went through this with with Ozil, and yeah, it'll be kind of a lingering question, and Arteta will have to answer to that in the press. But you know, I think I think you don't think they're gonna not, play. I, I think Lacazette's gone before the end of the window. Um, wow. I don't... I think that they're trying to move on uh, Aubameyang, but there's no one... Like what, what his he's not even values. bigger wages, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's, the clubs you would usually go to are in financial peril and can't afford anybody to take on sure, your, sure. your players. So uh, Barcelona's like completely forgotten the lesson they just learned, and they're like, we'll take him. Yeah, like there was, there's like something going around for like a, a it's like a Obama Young and a Pedro Neto swap with the Ramsdale news. That's obviously not happening, but like the there's some desperation being flung around. What? Um, let me ask no, you plainly. I, sorry, go ahead. Yeah, no, go ahead. What's happening with those two? I don't know, and if I had to guess, um, they're at a stage in their career where they're just like I'm not. I'm not down with a project. Like I want to do something different. And Arteta has shown little tolerance for uh, players in the past who have sw- strayed kind of from the uh, the general mission of the team. Uh, he's extradited players. He has banished um, somebody that every Arsenal fan is dying to see on loan now for mm-hmm. two straight seasons. Sure. Um, he sent out, uh, you know, a, a, a to top twenty golden boy guy, right? You know he's doing. He is. He is. He gave. Got. You know. Did the same thing with Ozil, a former teammate of his. He's not going to be shy to to ice somebody out of the team if he doesn't feel like they're um, contributing positively. And I've said it before. I don't think Aubameyang's captain material. I think that they were they were discussing about changing around uh, the captain structure, and you know I could see it throwing them for a loop. I, I think that it would be best. It would be in the best interest of. Probably all parties to move Aubameyang on if you could. Wow! Um, right now, two of your best players. Yeah, well, I wouldn't say like. I think it's 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 one of those things, James, where Arsenal, I think, are making some good decisions. Some good decisions, not all good decisions. They're making some good decisions, 
And too many times in the past have Arsenal either gone after players that don't fit the profile of what they need to actually compete for a title or not complete that process, right? Getting, you know, you know, Arsenal need four players to compete for Champions League. Okay, we got two, right? Every every window, right? Or let's, we're, we're, it makes sense to go after the 30-year-old striker to just hang on to, you know, fighting for fourth place rather than like actually doing a responsible rebuild. And so I think they're doing a responsible rebuild right now. And I think those pieces don't fit into it. So you can do one of two things. You can leave them in the side. Uh, you can probably have them distracting from the overall, the overall, pr- the, the mission. And this is again, if they're being, if that's the problem, if they are both really sick, if the two smile brothers who I love dearly, like, don't get me wrong. I, I love those guys. <laughs> But if the two smiley guys are always laughing in training and posting the intense selfies on a Friday are just sick on the on the Thursday, they're they're sick on the on the next day. I mean, come on, and they're not on the bench. Come on, like something's up. Yeah, something's up. Without it's a doubt. not, and, and you and you have the window that's still extended. Arsenal just bought two more players. You know they want to buy more. You know they need outgoing business because the free Joe Willick deal funded the Odegaard deal. <laughs> so you know that they need something to happen. I think the window is going to be crazy towards the end. And, you know, I'd love to see them integrated nicely into the squad, but it's too much of a coincidence for them both to be out of the squad for this reason. Just if if they're legitimately sick, come on, this is not possible. It's not the case. And Arsenal so many times have accommodated that type of behavior and those characteristics in the locker room. And this isn't to say Mikel Arteta is yeah. right, but this is to say that, you know, if you want to establish a winning culture, and you need to have everybody on side. And if they're not on side, it shouldn't matter the profile. You can be gone. And that's also another way to say if they're gone, it can't be you can Balagon show. It I needs was gonna to be replacement. Say, like it needs to be it Patrick, needs to have say, more to it. For better or for worse, it seems like you guys are holding the locker room culture and Arteta's sort of mission in higher regard than immediate points. Yeah, yeah, and again, that's why I think I'm not I saying that's so, a good thing or a bad thing. That's just what it looks like. I, I would argue that it's a good thing. You, you've known my stance. Um, it's except for a couple low points during like a nine-game losing streak last season. I have been. You've barely, you've barely gone off the handle. Whereas no, I surround oh, yeah, myself with United fans ship. who go off the handle if like the training pictures show Pogba not having a good time. Oh, yeah. And, and, and here's the thing, Jay. It's like there's just so much to be done. Look at the business that they've done in the last uh, two years. Gabriel Martinelli, long-term do- contract. Balogun, long-term contract. Other Smith Gabriel. Rowe, long-term contract. Other Gabriel, 22 years old. Ben White, 23 years old. Um, Sambi, who I actually really liked in the midfield. Yeah. Guy for the future, yeah. I think. 21 years old. Uh, Tierney, now just 24, but he's been with the side a while. Ramsdale, 23. Leno is kind of a, probably in that same category as a Lacazette, a Xhaka, an Aubameyang. People who, despite their quality, despite their place in the team, their capacity to get his points today, are not going to be part of this. They're not going to be part of the Arsenal side that competes for Champions League places or becomes a title challenger. It's just going to take too much time for them to be in that squad. It's not possible. They're not going to be part of that squad. And so I am more for building that future squad. I don't want to build that squad strictly with the hell end graduates because I think what that does is it makes you, you know, I, I say relegation fodder, but like you roll this lineup out every single week. Yeah, it's you not know, you, No, you're in the bottom th- half of the table, right? It's um, not pretty. But this, yeah. But at the same time, you know, you got a new player playing at every single level of, you know, Balogun's first Premier League start, Sambi's first one with the team, White the first one with the team. You are, like you said, Sokka's on the bench. Uh, there's a lot of positives to take from this game and it's, it's a project. It's not necessarily, in my opinion, Mikel Arteta's project, but it represent Mikel Arteta represents a responsible rebuild. And maybe it's not Arteta as the manager, but every like the strategy that they are taking with this process, Arteta's got the right people drinking the Kool-Aid and they're investing in the club in a smart way that's going to set us up for the future. And hopefully, hopefully they have the balls at a point to say Mikel Arteta is not that manager, but right now what, what are we competing for? Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Culture is culture should be weighed over the rest of it, um, and it's going to be painful. It's going to be painful, uh, right. especially when you're conceding goals off a throw-in that bounces in your own box, and you only look to the ref. Look inward. Look roll inward. on Chelsea and City. Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah. No, and, and, and look, there's there's plenty Fantastic. there's plenty to hate. Yeah. There's plenty hate, to hate about hate, this hate, Arsenal hate. side. Um but they're gonna give the rest of the league banter, won't they? Uh and oh, I'm, I'm Aren't we all I'm just taking... having a great time in the group text, Pat? Oh yeah. I mean I I leave y'all on mute a decent amount. <laughs> I, I usually just send something and then no no it's coming yeah, back. So I'll just right, mute that. Right, right. Yeah. Check yeah, back in it later. Pop in with a gif or something. Yeah, and if it's out. not real time, it doesn't stink. Like if it's four texts ago, it's like, yeah, I'm not even gonna address it. Right, it's fine. Right, Moving right. on. Shut up, Carl. Yeah. Actually, pretty Carl's standard. pretty supportive. Shout out, Carl. Speaking of Carl, this brings us to our last red herring red alert, Patrick. For those of you who've joined the fantasy Premier League in the Prem de la Prem household, we are 23 strong. So love y'all. Much appreciated. Great to have you on. Red Heron, Red Alert. Carl at the top of the fantasy leaderboard. Wow. Hate to see it. But um, he deserves it on having most points and all that, so obviously. are you going Red Heron, Red Alert? Oh, completely forgot we were playing the game. Um, oh, <laughs> yeah, you just said. No. <laughs> yeah, Love Red Heron. Red Heron. Do not worry about this, folks. This is This is not lasting. Carl is going to forget about this in two weeks' time. Don't do not even yeah. stress. Let the apologies be as loud as the disrespect when you're grafting the midweek cheeky results in match week 22. <laughs> uh, I will say I love seeing you with your title. I'm beating Nigel two spots above Veron the right track, Nigel Burton. It just yep. it just looks nice. I want to be one ahead of him. Yeah, like Jack Ridgeway getting in the way there. Yeah, yeah, I'd honestly take. I would take a two point reduction. You know what? I might go make a you transfer. Make a transfer. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah, that would be a well, Patrick. Move. In the same in the same breath as me not freaking out with my first week performance, I you know again the PR narrative is I'm not freaking out. I did a Roman Abramovich and went and got Lukaku at at any cost necessary. He's in the team. I love He's it. ready to roll. Yeah, I love it. No, that's great. That's great. Not not what I would do as somebody who's in fourth place, uh, but from, coming from an expert, yeah, no, for okay. someone in your position, that's absolutely that's a great that's a great move. God, I can't wait for the next match weeks. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like Tottenham. When I make my yeah. team, I win. Oh, when you're on top, you're on top. Yeah, Pat Patrick's the ultimate. If I cared, I'd win every season, guy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Clearly. All right. Well, that brings the segment to a close. If you think fourth is winning, shout out Arsenal. <laughs> I wish. Come on, that was pretty good. Okay, that brings <laughs> Red Heron Red Alert to a close. We are now going to bring it to the meat and potato segments, the reason why you guys keep coming back. Freak of the week, Patrick. It's good to have this one back in the schedule column. Uh, for me, personally, it was a close call between the Taliban and Graham Sunis, but Graham Sunis edged it. Older generations know him as a decorated Liverpool-Scotland player, as well as manager. But for newer generations, he's just the anti-Pogba meme. He's just that running shtick. And he was true to his word when in the post-match segment for United Leeds, a game in which Pogba registered four assists, Sunis says, for me, the star of the show was Mason Greenwood. Granted, not taking away the fact that Greenwood had an amazing goal and a pretty great game, but... When Pogba did something that's only been done on eight occasions in Premier League history, um, you just got to laugh. You just got to laugh. He, he waved it off as we expect that from a million pound man. So old habits die hard with, with Mr. Sunis. That's my freak of the week. Brilliant. Uh, my freak of the week is going to Jamie Vardy for howling mm-hmm. at the Wolves away supporters. Howl at the moon. I feel like, you know, you don't even, like, he, he just knows when people start to doubt him. I feel like he's had a, oh, Jamie Vardy's in decline season, like, on the precipice of, like, four or five seasons running now. And he always just kind of, I feel like whenever I think Jamie Vardy's passed it, he scores that week. I had this that summer, same exact thought yeah, watching, in the, this, watching the highlights. He was everywhere. The, yeah, and the howl for me represented more than a goal it's a it's a confidence that he had during the you know that that streak of eleven or whatever it was the title winning season the dude just you know can decide to score when he wants dictate a game and just did it with so much swag taunting I love it 
Love it. And he's just People, howling. At the away supporters. At the away supporters. Yeah. Which is a little bit of a clown move. Like When to, you seek him out. Yeah, you're not yeah, in their you're not in their dojo. You're you're finding yeah. them on the street. If you do that at Wolverhampton, it's like it's 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 like three you. levels more badass. Uh, but yeah. anyway, fracture week, howling at the away supporters. That's um, a good one. Match week one. That's a good one. I'm willing to wager that that wasn't even banter, knowing that their team is wolves. I think that was just a primal screech that just happened to sound like a wolf, just because he has that much to prove. I'd say that, but he's also flapped his wing at the Palace supporters. <laughs> Again, coincidence. Coincidence. Okay. I can't wait till he yeah. buzzes at Brentford and you call that one a coincidence as well. Oh, man. What's a buzz? Oh, I guess buzz is more tucked in elbows compared to a flap. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. that'd be an interesting one to pull off. Mm-hmm. Can't wait to see it. Can't wait to see it. Goal of the week, Patrick. You could rattle off one of about seven or eight, and I'd be like, yeah, fair play. Um, mm-hmm. Do you want to give yours? I'll give mine, then we do some honorable mentions, because there were some doozies in here. Yeah, I'm going, um, I'm going to butcher this name, but uh, Chalaba from Oh, Chelsea. no way! Wow, yeah. Patrick, the predictions, this, we've been on the same wavelength with all this stuff. Mostly, mostly for the moment. Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, obviously... Uh, Here's the thing. I'm not like I can't point to this in any sort of like statistical way, but I feel like it's it, I've never seen somebody score after hearing the fans yell shoot. I feel like I've never seen it. I'm sure it's this happened. was literally this was literally in my match notes. <laughs> but he go you just hear this shoot and you're like yeah. No, dude. And he hits it on the ground. He hits it so pure and then he has the sweetest reaction. Uh, you know, it didn't, I mean, the game was already dusted and it's whatever, you know, you, Patrick. I'm not, I'm not upset about Chelsea beating Crystal Palace three, nothing. Uh, he hit my over as well. So brilliant. Uh, oh. loved it. What a moment. What a moment. This was the most wholesome thing to happen at Stanford bridge for about 20 years. Ever. I'd say the, the ghost of John Terry banging Wayne Bridge's wife has, is long since gone. It's been replaced with Trevor Shalaba. And an actual feel-good story within Chelsea Football Club. Um, it was it was mine as well. And I had it's funny. I had the same exact reaction. Like, when has a player ever scored when the crowd is unanimously yelling "shoot"? Oh God, I've seen way too many Jaka booms to think it was even possible. Way too many Fred Rosie clangers. <laughs> um, uh, honorable honorable mention for me. Yeah, you mentioned yeah. Vardy howling at the wolf. That was a hell of a goal. Yep, sure was. Sure was. Um, I also liked the um, the Greenwood goal. I thought yeah. it was fantastic. Class. Obviously, that's that was like that's pass a, and finish, both pass amazing. and finish. You know, we always talk about Greenwood's ability in and around goal. It's just it doesn't seem to matter the angle. The dude's going to put it within an inch of the post. It's it's incredible. Uh, what a, what a pass though! Inch perfect pass. It was just a sneaky no look. That. Yeah. Oh my god! It was so it was so good. So so good. Um, um, there's another one in here that was pass related for me. Callum Wilson, yeah. Saint Maximin cooking rice, fried rice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like that. That's like one of those trick moves that has no bearing on anything, but when it comes off, it like it's an amazing highlight reel. Like, what was he doing? Was that did that actually buy him a few yards? Maybe it did, but. I've never seen that kind of like dangle on a football field. That's why he's box office, I guess. Yeah. At Newcastle. Right. Right. It's like 10 grafted out technical grinding players. And then one of the most electric players in the league. Up at St. James Park and St. Maximin. But yeah, yeah. that was a good one. And, and then yeah. my actual runner up, Patrick, was uh, Decore. Uh, for yeah. Everton, where he's just finding his feet for a good five seconds, and then and then busts out a pearl. I couldn't I couldn't do it with the uh, the old baby giraffe move he pulled beforehand. It was it amazing. just seemed so yeah. And then even the shot, it just didn't feel like he even caught it clean. It felt like it was more of a keeper was unsighted. Uh, really? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of it just seemed a little too. One. It was a little too clumsy for me. It would be like giving like Danny Welbeck a goal, like goal of the week for smacking it against his own head before he goes in the goal. You know, it was just clumsy. I clumsy wouldn't say that's a one to one comparison, but 
to each their own. It's close enough. It's close enough. <laughs> cool. This is, a, this is not a visual medium, so the people will have to take my word for it. As they have done countless times in the past. Speaking of taking your word for it, the district, Patrick. It's a Be mm. Nice to Patrick episode, and I think it's time for you to take some plaudits for what was a resounding successful match week one. We're back. Yeah, no, it went well, James. It went well. Um, seven and three overall. Like I said, I gave it. I gave you every game. Um, more importantly than that, we got a seventy-four percent ROI because we hit some good ones. That's certified uh, fresh. Yeah, yeah, we hit the uh, um, Brentford plus three hundred on the money line. We hit Chelsea minus two and a half, uh, and then a couple other good ones along the way uh we ended up going four and one on the locks uh two and three on the meat of balls and no james actually have an amendment here uh this is mostly due to emoji availability but i'm now changing uh, my third category from a croc to a donkey um no more crocs was yeah no more crocs crocs are done maybe they'll make a guest appearance here and there Uh, but a donkey is a bet that you shouldn't take um, but I think it's funny. Uh, so that's what a donkey is. Uh, we have one donkey this week. Um, but the but, odds and, will and always be, be clear, good on a donkey. Shouldn't or, take or, them, but you think they're funny and you do take them. I will let between the meatballs and the donkeys, I will let you know what I do and I don't take. Uh, I took every bet last week and I already did this week again with the exception of Brentford and Arsenal, which I mean. If, what, what is the district if not a, a selfless charity? Uh, because I told you what was going to happen uh, despite the fact that I put my money elsewhere. So that's just me you know, putting my own biases aside and supporting the people, right. uh, as I always do here in the district. Most bizarre version of Babe Ruth calling a shot. <laughs> uh, pretty much. But as I did last week, I will be putting every single one of these picks on the Instagram story. For you to vote on, smash, pass, maybe some other categories as well. I will say um, the Prem Heads did pretty good this week as well. No one really wanted to trust me on Spurs City, uh, which I locked, mind you. That was a pretty impressive lock, if I do mm-hmm. say so myself. Mm-hmm. Um, so just know where I'm at. This week I got five locks again. Um, and then I've got four meatballs and one donkey. Uh, but I'm just going to highlight... <laughs> I cannot wait to hear this donkey. (laughs) You're going to love it so much. I am going to lock my highlighted lock. uh, The one that I want to nail my colors to the mask on the podcast with is I am locking on the money line leads at home over Everton. We are trying. Do you think feelings are getting in the way here, Patrick? No, this is this is this is a point of pride. This is a point of pride here, James. I got five locks. Look, in, in my goal is to be like 75% hit on my locks. 70% hit on but my locks. But this is the marquee one. Um, this is the one that I'm like making sure that people... This is the reputation of my locks, yes. But it's not weighted any differently in terms of my tracking algorithms, if you will. Um, this is my marquee lock. Uh, got a few other ones that are going to be worth taking as well. But we know what leads bring. They've gotten their licks in. They're at home. The fans are going to be ready for them. This Everton team... I think it's still going to take a while to click on, and I think they're just going to they're just going to cave. They're going to cave to the pressure of Leeds, uh, and Leeds is going to take it to them. My highlighted meatball, James, uh, which is <laughs> it's 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 an interesting one. I'm interested to see what your take on this one is. Uh, <laughs> Where are we going here? Watford money line away to Brighton is plus four hundred. Hmm. Brighton is bang average. This could go either way. Watford had an impressive first result, yes, at home. Uh, but this is a game that Watford will view as a game against somebody that they need to be ahead of in the long run. Uh, so I think Watford's going to come with it at plus 400, even though it's away, even though they're newly promoted. Against Good odds, Brighton. plus 400. I'll give you that. I think it's, yeah, I think it's interesting. And I, I think this game is closer to a toss-up than the odds are, are letting I me know. And that's what, the, that, agree. that's what a meatball is. Yeah. James, our donkey, our donkey. Uh, it's actually worse odds, slightly. This one's at plus 360, but it is still a donkey. 
We're taking the Arsenal money line over Chelsea here, James, on the donkey. Here's why. This is a fixture that Chelsea haven't won since 2016 in the league. That's incredible. Maybe 2017. You mean specifically at the Emirates? No. Wait, no. They haven't beaten Arsenal since 2016 in the league. No, that's not true. Just once. And that was the... That was okay. that first Arteta game. Okay. That's the one. They've got one win. The whatever. exception got a to poor, the rule. They have a poor record against Arsenal in the league over the last five years. Stats be it damned. It's, it's more recently as well. There's been a bit of a bogey team uh, for Chelsea. Uh, it's early in the season. Arsenal fans are going to be loud one way or the other. Gunnar Soros. Uh, Gunnar Soros is going to be there. All Saka. Right. Hopefully we'll start and is going to get a pretty fantastic uh, reception. I thought, again, the, the the reception for Brentford was class as well. I'm curious how long that goes. Like, I, I think it's great that he's getting recognition and all that. But I'm curious, is like every away team going to feel pressure like throughout the season to applaud Saka, Rashford, and uh, Sancho? Well, or eventually, uh, cause like, like, well, Leeds felt no pressure to applaud Sancho or Rashford. Uh, was that United? So that's already over. Wasn't it at United? Yeah, but still, uh, I, I, I don't think there's this unanimous team support. I think Sokka's a little different. I don't know why. Maybe just likability, which I don't think should be your metric on racism. But he also missed the the the, the last. So one. he deserves the most applause. Okay. Anyway, I think it's also point- easier because they're like they're on the same team. So it's like how do you, you know, it's like well, I got to applaud both these guys, or I just applaud this one kid. Right. I guess I'm just making the point that. Uh, Sancho and Rashford got a bit of shtick when everyone was applauding Saka. Not that that's bad. I, I, it's well, it's just boohoo. Manchester United is not <laughs> the most favorite person for once. Anyway, <laughs> no, I love you know I love little chili or is it big? Yeah, chili? yeah, yeah, big chili. Uh, but big let's chili? be real. On paper, on paper, uh, this Chelsea team should actually spank Arsenal. So don't recommend this one. But it's one I'm taking. I'm, I'm believing donkey. It just kind of doesn't it feel like Arsenal to lose the first game against Brentford and then shit yes. house a, a yes. win against Chelsea? It absolutely does. Yeah, it absolutely but, has that feeling. Not, I don't think. But it'll on happen. paper, I can't see it happening. No, no. I think, I think that, I think that Arsenal could could earn an industrious draw here, and that if they were able to get mm-hmm. a win, it would be a little bit of a donkey show. But Patrick, I'm rooting we'll for see. you. I'm rooting yeah, for I'm you. Sure I really you am. I really yeah. am. You have I'm, no I reason am. not to. No, I am. I want you to know that I am. I, I, I know that you are. And I know okay. why you are. All right. And I know that you know that I am. Well, now that I know that you know. No, no one likes Friends references. We'll move it along. Ooh. <laughs> Might make fired. a shitty sitcom. Yeah. Like well, Katie later. doesn't listen this deep into the podcast. We're fine. <laughs> Folks, that's the Match Week 1 recap. Patrick, was that it for the district? Oh, that was that was it for what I'm going to share. I'm going to share. I'm going to share mm-hmm. a few handfuls, mm-hmm. but every single one of these picks will be on. This the is the gram tease. The rest is on the gram. First game Saturday, so look out for the Saturday games Friday. Ride with us, sidecar on the journey to more success. We cannot wait to keep the season rolling. We'll see you next week. It's a weekly thing, folks. We'll be back bringing you the good word when the midweek fixtures come back. I might get a little funky, but for now, we're going to keep riding it out, Patrick. I wish you all the best on the district. Prem heads by association. I want you to stock those coffers to the brim. And we will see you next week for more of the same right here on Prem to La Prem, baby. What's up, Prem heads? Make sure to find us on Apple Podcasts at Prem de La Prem, a Premier League podcast, and smash that subscribe button for all other interviews, segments, and hot takes that you can handle. You can also find us on Instagram for some fire content at Prem de la Prem podcast. No spaces, no punctuation, just like life.